Undefeated 
Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad the Lord's good? You can be seated for a minute. You know, as we're sitting here worshiping this morning, my mind went to uh, a passage of uh, Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, which is actually a quotation from the Old Testament. Let me pull up my uh, scripture here. And it's interesting because as we begin our new year of uh, ministry, our fall launch, this is the time we kind of project what God wants to do. And I really believe that this year is, we've gone through, the last couple of years have been pretty tough, you know? How many of it's been tough for you, you know? But isn't God good in the midst of the toughness? You know, tough times make you stronger. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because in the, the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, Jesus quotes him when he's in the temple. He goes into the temple and he opens up the scroll and the scroll is, is read on a daily process, a daily uh, system. And it says this, Jesus took the scroll in Luke chapter 4, but he quotes it from the book of Isaiah. And we all know the New Testament version where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of God's vengeance to comfort all who mourn, to counsel, to counsel the mountains in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty for ashes. How many want a crown of beauty for ashes? You know? How many of you want to have oil for joy for mourning? You know? How many of you want a garment of praise rather than the spirit of heaviness? You know? And this is what he says in the latter part of, of verse 3. He said, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They will build on the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed from your flocks, which means you're going to have abundance. You're going to have so much that other people that don't even really know you are going to be blessed because of you. Is literally what it says. And foreigners will be your plowmen and vin dressers, but you will be called the priests of the Lord. Who's going to be called the priests of the Lord? You are. And it says this, and they will speak of you as ministers of God, and you will feed on the wealth of nations, and you will boast in their riches. Instead of shame, my people will have a double portion. How many of you want a double portion? You know, you want more, not just enough, you want more than enough. And instead of humiliation, you will rejoice in their share, and you will inherit a, inherit a double portion of the land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that that is the plans the Lord has for you? Not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. And we're excited about today. We're excited about some of the things. You're going to hear some incredible stories today. And we want to welcome you. Uh, this is uh, Crossroads. Most of you I know, except we have a, a, a stray Browns fan in here. That's They need a double portion this year, you know. The Browns, they need a quad portion, actually, you know. Uh, but we're glad you're here this morning. Welcome to Crossroads. Uh, make sure that we have your information. I, I do this every week. We send out a newsletter every Friday. It's packed with information. If you're not getting that or if you've uh, somehow, some people every once in a while hit the delete tab, and if you're not getting it, just give us your email address. We'll make sure you get that. 
We have a lot going on today. After, after second service, we're having a taco truck here. And some of you are saying, oh, bummer, I forgot. Well, you know what you can do? You can go to the Foundations of Faith class, which is going to be uh, at 1030. And it's going to right over down the hall in this room over here. And you can go and you can get fed spiritually, and then we'll feed you physically. How's that? Sound like a plan? Uh, this morning, as I said, we're going to have our taco truck here. It'll be here around noon. And we're excited about that. It's a great... How many of you like tacos? Anyone not like tacos? Okay, good. No communion for you today. All right. Uh, uh, we're coming up on our annual business meeting, October 24th. We have nominations. Uh, there are nomination forms in the foyer on the small round table by the door on the left as you're, or right as you're leaving. Uh, you need to have those turned in by this coming Friday. We have two board positions open. Uh, Danny Benz and Michael Martinez uh, both have served six years. Right, Danny? Six years? Three years? Oh, you're up for another three. You can go up for another three if you want. We run you up. He's shaking his head no. <laughs> Come on, buddy. We're not that hard on you, are we? <clears throat> but nominations are up, and if you want to get those in by uh, next uh, Friday at noon, and then we'll have that in the uh, newsletter. It'll go out a little late that day, and uh, we'll uh, get information to you. This coming Friday, uh, single ladies, if you're a single lady, we have a meal for you. We're going to be cooking tri-tip. It'll be in the foyer area here. Uh, I'd love to have you join us. Just uh, let us know you're coming so we have enough food. Uh, sermons are always available. You can listen to those online. A bunch of different uh, websites. You can listen to Spotify, Podcast, Apple Podcast. And then, ladies, if you have not signed up for the Women's Retreat, we still have spaces available, and it's going to be a great time. It's at Mount Hermon. If you've not been to Mount Hermon, it's a gorgeous facility, <clears throat> and we're excited about what God's doing, and uh, you will be blessed. And let me tell you this, if finances are an issue, they're not an issue, please don't ever let money stop you from being in, involved in ministry. So if you want to go uh, sign up on the table in the foyer, it's on the table on the left side as you go out, and uh, someone will contact you this week and let you know uh, all the details you have to have. All right? Uh, Pastor Lynn's going to come now. Oh, we're going to do tithes and offerings. Never mind. So I have it right in front of me, so... If you have your tithes and offerings, uh, we're glad that you're able to sow into the kingdom of God. And today you're going to see some of the things we've done, not just locally, not just here, uh, not just in California and the United States, but globally. God has done some amazing, amazing things over the last couple years, and we're excited about that. So we're going to wait upon you for your tithes and offerings. You know, God has been good to this house. Amen. And he's making us an oak of righteousness. And an oak of righteousness isn't just about us as individuals. It's us as a community. And so what we do is we're going to pray over this offering. Pray the Lord blesses it, blesses you that sow into it. Father, right now we pray and we bless this offering. We ask and pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would use it to glorify yourself. May we be good stewards. May we manage these funds well. May we sow them into the nations. May we sow them into ministries. May, they, may we sow them into people. And Lord, I pray that every single person that sows and gives this morning, they will be blessed. Like we read, that they will have a double portion, that your grace would pour over them. You would help them be good stewards of their resources, help them be uh, managers of them in a way that glorifies you. And Lord, we just commit this offering to you now. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. God bless you as you give. You are my champion.
Amen. God is good. You know what I want to say over this house? We're got, what we're going to do today, it's going to be a little different. We are painting the picture of what we are, who we are. So if you ever want to know what are we all about, we're going to tell you today what we are all about. We are a, what we call a global church. And Pastor David and I have been the pastors of this church for nine years. I must say, uh, for those of you that may not know, this woman who is one of your leaders, she'll fight for every penny that's God's money. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'll stay. And uh, if I'm getting a refund uh, with United Airlines, I'll be on there for, not, for two hours if I have to, to get the refund for the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, people who work with me know I fight for making sure God's money goes exactly where it needs to go and it's never wasted. Come on. We don't waste God's money. Amen? So you can rest assured that we have a high regard for the resources that the Lord has given to us. And we're going to show you today where the resources that are pouring into this house are going. Okay? We're going to show you what, where those resources are going. And because the resources are not to be hoarded in this house. Amen, Pastor Lynn. When I do this, if you're new, that means amen. I, I agree with you. I like you to talk back at me. Not sassy, but just, you know, agreement. God, no, I don't want to do sass around here. Okay, only person to be sassy is me. No, just kidding. Um, but we are about building his church. This is the mission of our lives. This is the mission of this house. And we are called to build a church. Jesus said that he would build his church. Matthew 16, he declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And when we say building churches, we do not mean building facilities merely. Now, we need places to gather, so that's what we do. We do build facilities, but the church are the people in the facility. When Jesus says, I'm going to build my church, he's going to build you. He's going to build you as a person so that you can carry the message of the gospel. And that's what this is all about. There are beautiful cathedrals in many parts of the world that are empty, no longer active. There are places even in this, uh, our country, former church buildings that are now salons. And we don't want that. We want to build a church, and it takes persistence. It takes us being persistent. No matter what's going on in our world, we're going to persist. We're not going to give up. We're never going to give up because Jesus said, I will build my church. And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, he said that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you're going to sit in your lazy boy chair and click through the, uh, no, 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 no. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what are you going to be? Y'all don't know? Is your mask keeping you from talking? You shall be your, the witnesses where? Jerusalem, where you live, Judea, surrounding area, Samaria, go far, a little further out to California, further out, U.S., to the uttermost parts of the world. Now, we're going to show you how we're doing that today through this house. God gives every house an assignment. I like to call it a house because that means we're housing, in a sense, a, a group of believers. We are a family 
together going for it with a mission. And so today we're going to start first with the, the local ministries. We call this house a global house, global, G-L-O-C-A-L. Why? Because we're global and local. But we're going to start with our local ministries. And the first ministry that we have, if you're not aware of, is our outreach to our community through our schools. We have two schools. And actually, right now we have record enrollment with these schools. And many of our uh, people who attend families who attend these schools are nominal Christians or some not even believers. Many not believers. Many come from either other faiths. We do not compromise the gospel. We sow the seed of the gospel into the children and many times into the families who come and gather with us. And these two schools, our preschool and our elementary school, is a way for us to reach out to our community. Amen. Praise God for that. And we have global global. We have record enrollment right now. So the Lord, in the midst of the storm, let me just say this, in the midst of the storm, the Lord is prospering this ministry. Second thing is, is our small groups, our life groups. And I want to introduce to you our new life group overseers. If you guys can stand up, Fred and Judah Studebaker. They are overseeing to help our life group ministries grow, and they'll be out in the lobby, and you can sign up for a life group ministry. It's important for everyone to be a part of some small group. We want to make sure that you are being nurtured and have relationship with other people. We have a variety of small groups, of life groups, a variety from uh, young families to, to general groups. We also have small groups that are, that are gender specific, meaning men's only, women's only small groups. And we want you to become a part of some form of small groups. If you can find out in our e-newsletter, there's a list, but there's also a way to ask for more information at the tables outside in the lobby, out in the lobby area. We have our men's and women's ministries. As you see the retreats, very important. We have Crossroads Connect Wednesday nights begins. We are launching Crossroads Connect once again this Wednesday night. When we say Crossroads Connect time, it's time for men's groups, women's groups, children's group, and youth are all there on Wednesday night. If you can, be a part of that. It's specific to teaching. It's a Bible study. Now, our life groups are more based upon fellowship, and our, not that fellowship doesn't happen at Crossroads Connect, but it is centered around Bible study. So you need to know the difference between those two. Our unbound ministry, our unbound youth ministry, continues to meet all throughout the year, whereas the Bible studies for the men's and women's on Wednesday nights are seasonal. They go through like a few weeks of a Bible study. So that's the difference. They also, we also have our Crossroads Kids that meets on Wednesday nights as well as during the 1030 service. These are powerful ministries. Pastor Nick and Pastor Sandy are doing a great job. Amen. Reaching the next generation. And I want you to know, invite youth, invite families with children to these things. Invite children whose parents may be very, you know, they don't want, you know, church in their lives. But invite, see if their children can come. Because sowing seed into the children are important things. We also have 
our prayer ministries. How many of you are a part of our prayer force? That's when you receive an email that gives a prayer request. You should just, you know what? It's very non-intrusive. You just get an email and it, it gives you opportunity to bear one another's burdens so, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Remember, our prayers are powerful. Even, and I know some people say, you know what, when that email comes to me, I just take a moment and I, you know, maybe take 30 seconds and I pray. That is prayer. That is a powerful prayer. So if you're not, you can sign up. Once again, in the e-newsletter, you can sign up to receive those prayer requests. We are not, one thing about this house, and we will continue to be this, we are not a gossipy crowd. Woo! Let's take it to the Lord in prayer. Let's not take it to one another in gossip, right? We are not a gossipy crowd, but we also are people who hold one another up in prayer. And also, these prayer requests are for people outside of our community, that we include them as well, because we are a house that's committed to prayer. So our prayer force, Sally Veliquit, she facilitates that. We also have our Sozo prayer ministry, which is a, an appointment, a prayer appointment time for healing, for different things in your, in your lives. It's a, a, a very significant time of prayer. Kim Benz leads that with the team. If you would like to be a part of that meeting to receive ministry, uh, contact Kim. It's very important. Many people have received healing and freedom and deliverance through our Sozo ministry. And not just people from this house, but people even outside of this house. The other thing that we also have is worship proclamation, which is um, every third Sunday evening, and it's a time of prayer, it's a time of prophetic uh, worship, and everyone's um, welcome to gather and be a part of that, and that's associated with our prayer ministry. We also have our worship and media ministries, and you see that on Sundays, and you see the, the hard work that our team does back there. Now that we do um, online we have filming going on on our second service. The ministry has expanded into that. But God has wanted over this last year and a half, we have expanded by the grace of God and by the command of God to go global even more so. So people watch our uh, our live stream. Sometimes it's delayed, but they watch it. And they are ministered to. And you'll find that even some of our partners that are overseas uh, connect with us weekly here during our uh, live stream. And so it's a way to nurture. But the thing that I want you to know is there's, there's need there. Um, to, the media team has need. So if you're interested in serving, there's going to be a sign-up sheet in the back in the lobby if you're interested in serving our media team and our worship team. We also have other things that we call specialized ministries or specialized events. And those are things like the Tongues of Fire Friday night service we have quarterly. I want you to encourage you to come. These are services that have not as many time restrictions. And it is a service that we, it is a bilingual service because we have a large audience um, that is participating with us overseas. Right then and there, it's real time, real time participation. 
It is a powerful time together. Generally, we have Teen Challenge that joins us, but it's not for only for others. This is for us, for us to be renewed. Listen, I talked last week about revival. The concept of revival is this. It's not about people getting slain in the spirit. It's about being made alive again revived. If you're going to revive somebody, that means they were not alive and now they come alive again. You know, for us to continue to have the fire of God on us, we need to stir it up. We need to breathe on that. And these are opportunities for that. The Tongues of Fire service on Friday nights that we have. And we let you know way in advance to come to that. We also have our annual I Thirst for You conferences, our Holy Spirit conference. It's a powerful time that we gather together. And many people from outside of this house come and are participating in that. And, you know, um, this, this last year, due to the COVID crisis, we went global with that once again. And it kind of is what launched the Tongues of Fire quarterly uh, services because our global audience said, we want more of what you have. We want more of that. So yeah, it's been, you know what, this last year, we didn't decrease, we increased. See, the enemy wanted to use COVID to decrease us, and some churches did decrease, but we said, no, what, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? And he put us on the increase. So we have these specialized ministries going on, the Daniel Fast every January, we want you to participate in that. We also have the uh, a, a center for ministry preparation classes that Pastor David uh, teaches on Sunday nights, and we're going to be launching that soon, and we'll tell you more about that, but it's just Sunday night classes. Finally, we also have something else that's new, and that's our um, Unbound Youth Ministry Internship Program. And we have some interns here. We have three or four. One's an intern wannabe, if you see that there. Pastor David thought that was funny. I thought it was funny too. And if you're here, the interns there, I think they're out um, setting up uh, tables actually right now for the, the taco uh, truck time, okay? But they are part of uh, the leadership of the Unbound Youth Ministry. We want to raise up leaders and develop them in this house. And they're the first fruits of this internship program over our tenure. Amen. So those are our local ministries. Pastor David. I did get my mic working. Nine years on the same microphone, and I was pressing the wrong button. So sometimes you have one of those days, you know, spelled with a Z-E. So Pastor Lynn was telling you that we are a global church, and that's actually a term that is, is actually used in the business world, but it, it really is what we're called to do. We're called to make disciples of where? All nations, Right. And uh, we have the opportunity here to have a lot of people from around the world in our area, but also we have been blessed with uh, a partnership relationship with uh, 30 different missionaries, 30 different, if you go to the slide with a the map, these are the placement of all of our global partners. I mean, we have them basically everywhere but Australia and Iceland um, and Greenland, but we're, we're working on developing a stronger ministry network. Now, when we came... We didn't have that many partners. Actually, it was interesting because we didn't really know how many missionaries we had and who we should be supporting and that. And, and at that point, we weren't really doing a lot. But we're supporting at $100, a minimum of $100 a month for 30 missionaries, 30 ministry partners globally, okay? 
Uh, if you go to the, we have a kind of three different groupings of those uh, people that we support. We have one because we are denominationally connected with the Assemblies of God. So we have a group, this is a group, and now the ones that are in the, the black silhouettes, that's for the benefit of the second service. They're in what we call restricted countries. They're in the country, but the country doesn't necessarily know they're in there as missionaries. So we can't post their pictures. We can't post their names. In some of these countries, they could actually be, be martyred as a result of them being there. And so uh, is this being recorded and shared, Randy? Uh, is it going to be shared? If you pause just for a second. Again. Um, and then we also do Teen Challenge, and that's a great one. And then we have, within that department uh, of our denomination, we have a special relationship that we've developed with one of those missionaries presently, uh, and that's uh, the, the, uh, the couple that does uh, the, uh, Earl and Tammy Shirox in Poland. Uh, we've actually raised, over the last year, we've raised $10,000 and sent that to their account so they could plant two new churches, and that'll pay for two brand-new churches in the nation of Poland. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and so we're going to actually be taking a trip there. Uh, we're still working on the details. They're currently home. Every four years they come home and raise additional support for projects. So they're actually living in Sacramento right now, and they'll be uh, taking off. And once they get back to Poland, we'll be going there and doing a women's conference and some training for pastors, and we'll open that up to the church, and so you'll be able to participate with us. Then we have what we call our homegrown partners. Uh, these are our three uh, 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 people that we support. Uh, you all know Mike and Angie Martinez. They uh, have a, a incredible uh, ministry and giftedness to work with the people that we work with in India. And uh, Michael and Angie are just, they're, they're sweet as pie. And uh, they, they work with us. We support them on a monthly basis so they can have funds to go and minister so it won't be a financial hardship to them. Uh, the second person we have is Christine DeCurtis. Christine was on staff here for a while. She's now in Pella, uh, 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 Iowa. And she does ministry there in lots of different varieties. She does media things, a lot of different things she does. She's part of our house. And then someone that was, when they were little, uh, Jacob Green, Jacob and, and Tatum are now the uh, Youth with Emissions Coordinators for Atlanta, Georgia. And they actually just moved to Atlanta. They used to be in Denver. They, they were the assistant directors of the Denver base. And then they moved to Reading and served there for a while. But there was an opening in Atlanta. Uh, they really needed someone. And these guys, they take teams globally and do training for uh, evangelism. Okay, the next slide we go to is... is we enter into a kind of a different uh, partnership. Uh, Pastor Lynn and, and I, we started a, a ministry, uh, well, how many years ago? 15? 15, 17 years ago. Uh, women of the World, and it was originally started just for women's conferences. That's what hosts the I Thirst Conference. Uh, but we've also developed some apostolic networks uh, with people. And, that, and that's who we want to look at. And we have some, uh, some videos from some of them. But we support a, a, a large number of people. When we first became the pastors here, we, I remember sitting over in the preschool building, and uh, we were talking to the, the board, and we said, look, if you pull us from a country that's 1% uh, Christian, you're going to have to have a relationship with those nations. And God has done that. He's raised up an incredible network that we have. So the first one that we do is the Cairo Center for Theology and Leadership. Okay. An apostolic network is that we basically serve as their spiritual leaders and guidance to them. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a kick in the shin from the boss here. Uh, 
Amen. Amen or ouch. Both, right? Uh, but an apostolic network is we actually function very strongly with them. We have relationships with an ongoing basis. Weekly, we, we communicate with most of these people. And one of the reasons that we, we do this is because we believe God has called us to raise up leaders globally, not just here, but globally. And as a result of what we do, we're actually expanding the kingdom. And actually, one of these partners is actually credentialed through women of the world. They're actually, we're, we've credentialed them and they've raised them up as leaders. So we're actually developing leaders globally and they're in a very strong connection. One of the things you have to be very careful about is supporting people globally is do you know their life and doctrine? And a lot of times, you know, you, you people will say, oh, we're doing this great ministry, but you don't know anything about them. We have a very uh, finger on the pulse of what they're doing. And also we have relationships with other people in the area that if they're not doing something right, those people contact us and say, hey, you need to check on so-and-so. And so, and, and this is something that we do regularly. And, and so that's what we mean by apostolic, okay? Uh, and, the, and one thing about this, they're not all from the same church background. These are people from all different church denominations, all different church backgrounds, but they look to us as their spiritual covering. Uh, actually, in many of the videos, you'll hear them talking to us as mama and papa. I didn't realize I had that many kids or that many grandkids, but uh, apparently we have several hundred of each, okay? Uh, so the first one we do is the uh, Cairo Center for Leadership and Theology, and that building down in the right-hand corner, that's a women's dormitory this church built. You know that? Uh, your tithes and offerings built that, and had we not built that, they would have had to de-enroll all the women at the college because there was no place for them to stay. And uh, so that's what we built. We're on the faculty of that school. Every year we go, we teach there. Uh, most of the network we have of other people are students from that school. It's the premier Bible college in northern India, Bhutan, uh, Bangladesh, and India, uh, or uh, uh, Nepal, thank you, uh, that they train people that are church planners. They've been there for years and years and years, and it's a premier school, and I'm, I'm really thankful to be part of that. Uh, and we're part of it, not just us. We all are part of it. Uh, the second one we deal with is uh, Pastor Swapna Nayak and her family. Look at those precious kids. Aren't they gorgeous? Uh, if you don't know the story of her, her husband and she were both faculty at the Bible College at Kairos. Used to be called Lucknow Bible Theology, uh, Bible College. Uh, and uh, Sanjay had a, a brain aneurysm and passed away instantly. It was just a matter of uh, an hour or so he passed away. And Swapna, at that time, uh, they were pastoring a church and teaching. She became the first female pastor in northern India, okay? And the church supports, uh, we support her children's education. And since that time, she's adopted those two precious babies. We haven't met the little girl yet. Uh, she was abandoned, and, and uh, she adopted her. She pastors a church. She's also the women's ministries director for northern India. And actually, on Monday... A week from Monday, Pastor Lynn's going to be doing a Zoom women's conference for Northern India. So put that on your prayer list, okay? Uh, that We've been trying to do that. We've sent the money years ago, like two years ago before that, and COVID hit. We weren't able to do it. So Pastor Swap, and she's a fireball. I mean, she is just, those of you who have met her, she's just really dynamic. Uh, the next partner that we deal with there in, uh, in Lucknow, or excuse me, in India, is uh, Jyoti and Pradeep, and they're with, uh, oh, excuse me. Bangladesh Bible College, this is a new one. Uh, we just started. The gentleman up in the far left corner with the baseball cap on and the kind of turquoise color shirt, he's the uh, superintendent, assistant superintendent for uh, the Assemblies of God of, of Bangladesh. 
And the Lord put him on my heart. We had been there about 17, 18 years ago. Uh, we did some conferencing there. And uh, interesting thing about this, the Lord was putting him on my heart. I hadn't, hadn't seen him since we were in India. And I just said, Brother Munshi, I'm just praying for you, praying for Bangladesh. And he wrote me back and he said, hey, would you be interested in helping us fund a Bible college, a Bible training school in Bangladesh? And we said, sure. Didn't know this at the time. A couple weeks ago, we were in Orlando for our global uh, denominational uh, conference, and we ran into former missionaries that we support, Mark and Daily and Good. They're now in France. They used to be in Bangladesh for years, uh, but they had to leave because there was a sleeper uh, a, a terrorist in their organization that uh, basically uh, was undermining their work, and they, for the safety of them and their daughter, they fled the country within 24 hours. And they're now working with the Muslims in France. And Mark said to me, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but they, the Bangladeshi government has expelled everyone associated with any missions organization. So there's no longer any missionaries in Bangladesh. We didn't know that when we partnered with them, but we're, we're actually funding uh, this Bible school. There's over, there, this isn't all the students. There's over 30 students involved, and uh, we're the primary funder for that. Isn't that amazing? We're raising up the next generation in a country that's like 96% Muslim. Okay, it's one of the poorest countries in the world, and uh, God's put on our house to raise them up. Another partner we have is uh, Jyoti and Pradeep uh, with Life Life Freedom in New Delhi. That vehicle we purchased during COVID. Uh, the Indian government had uh, put a ban on any vehicles over 10 years old, and they have children, and they they rescue children from. Uh, brothels in the slums of India. They also have a school. They have a home. They, they, they are just incredible people. Both of them are former Indian Air Force. They're both lawyers. Uh, and he was just appointed to be on the Indian, uh, kind of like one of the high courts of India. He's just an incredible brother. Uh, and her sister is also a lawyer. She's actually dealing with leukemia. Uh, and she was one of the major funders. We've also, uh, during this time, we've uh, sent a lot of humanitarian aid to these organizations, not just Jody and Pradeep, but many of them, to get them through COVID for food, not just for them, but for their people surrounding them so they'd have food because they were, they, there was no money uh, for them. And we also uh, redid their home. Uh, they had a terrible mold problem. If you've st read the news, anything, uh, there's a, a thing called black mold in India that's, that's even more fatal than COVID. And it's going through, sweeping through villages. Primarily New Delhi has been hit really hard. They had it in the house. And as a result of that, we've actually financed a redo, uh, all our electrical and our plumbing and all of that. We should have sent the, all of our plumbers over there. It would have been a good job for you. Uh, but uh, we've done a great work with them, and they're great partners. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll hear some more about them. Matter of fact, let's watch the video that they have. Uh, they have a video that they want to talk to us about, and this is really good. Praise the Lord. My name is Pradeep. Me and my wife Jyoti, we have a children home that uh, the Crossroad Christian Center is supporting in Delhi. Through the pandemic, we were really grateful to be a part of Crossroad Christian Center family. The maximum support, the Lord was grateful and gracious to us. But at the same time, I also want to thank the Crossroad Christian Center and the family, the community that we have for being supportive to us. I, I heard Pastor Lynn, Pastor David uh, refer to, to this sometimes in their preaching that while we were going through this pandemic. The whole world was facing the challenge while we were going through this pandemic situation. 
that we are still in in delhi uh, other people i i hear people say that they were suffering there were a lot of uh, issues that they were facing the funds were not enough the the support was not enough and they were all left alone but to them i always say you know i was never left alone we were never left alone as ministry our children were supported throughout and i think we were supported more than the regular basis i mean we were always dependent on the crossroad christian community and we were always uh, looking up to the family that we have in california and thank you for the support and uh, i i remember during the pandemic i had made a suggestion to pastor uh, david asking him that if funds can be raised for uh, for a vehicle for the children because our old vehicle the government of india or the the federal government is not letting it run on on the streets anymore because of the it's it's an old vehicle and because of the new law the supporting the environment they have they have done away with any vehicle that is more than 10 years old so our vehicle is about 12 some years old i was amazed during the pandemic pastor uh, david and pastor lin said we'll see you know we'll tr- we'll put it across to the family our church family and see what happens but within no time it was so quick we were all surprised how the lord through the crossroad christian center supported us and how the church believed in us i'm i'm really immensely grateful and i would also like to uh thank the the family for we had a mold situation in the home whereas our our home was facing some issues because of some dampness we had mold in the home growing and we needed to get the home painted and uh again we looked up to the lord and to our crossroad christian community the the family and they all came together and very very quickly they supported us to get the mold fixed and to get the house painted i am going to share the pictures of the ve- new vehicle and the the paint work that the paint job that has been done in the home we are still under process because of still ongoing uh, we are in a unlock situation but it's a phase wise uh, unlock we haven't been able to unlock properly so they we haven't got the laborers to come and work on the on the paint job in the home but very soon i will send the pictures of both the vehicle and the paint job that's that's uh, that's a great blessing thank you very much for supporting us for standing with us and uh, right now also we have some of our children going through a uh, cold and cough and situ- some of those kind of symptoms i hope it is not uh, nothing to do with the covid-19 but uh, definitely we need your prayers and your support and your continuous love pastor len pastor david they are amazing family members they have always been supportive we are very grateful to the church for taking us through this situation we can confidently say we are not alone 
you have been our great support. Thank you to the community. May God bless you all. Thank you. Amen. And you know, Pastor Dave wanted me to let you know, all the videos that we show you today have been given in, in this last week. They're not old videos, okay? So just want you to know they're nice and fresh for, for us. The other apostolic partner that we have is House of Hope and Pastor Moses Rayo. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, many of you uh, help support these boys. Also, many of you help support the Light Life Freedom children. Many of them are girls. There are some boys in that, too. And through your monthly giving, we are able to do what Pradeep is thanking us to do. It is so important. Do not forget or do not feel like it's not going anywhere. We're showing you it's going someplace and it's powerful. Come on. Now, House of Hope is a, a home. Many of you were with me when uh, one of our India trips, I came back and I was kind of like in a little bit in this, not in despair, but wondering, do we have what it takes to help this, uh, this orphanage that was really struggling and it was in really a lot of disrepair and a lot of problems going on. But you all join me with supporting, near, they have about 20 boys now in this. And so what we want to do is share the next video, video number two about House and Hope. Go, go ahead and share video two and three on House of Hope. Hi, Grace and Love. Yeah. We from House of Hope, Madhya Pradesh, India, greet you all in the precious name of Lord Jesus Christ. House of Hope is such a lovely house situated in the jungles of Madhya Pradesh. There are many orphans and very poor children of different tribes come and study. The House of Hope is not a hostel, but a home that serves as new hope, new opportunity for their life. Here they are not only provided with the place they need, but they are told the importance of them and their life, so that they can become a good citizen for the society. House of Hope is touching the lives of many such needy children day by day and changing their lives. We would like to thank you wholeheartedly for all of you who are there in Crossroad Christian Center praying and shedding their tears every day. Thank you so much. We truly thank from our heart for all these things which are possible only due to the grace of God and your prayers and financial help. We would like to request you to keep on praying for in the end, Mama Papa, we would like to thank both of you for your love, for your care, and for your wonderful leadership. Because of you, we are here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Crossroad Christians. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Jealousy. Jealousy.
Amen. Pure sugar, man. Pure sugar. We get the privilege of supporting those children in that house. Amen, Pastor Lynn. Praise God. You know what I want to say? Some the the older boys. I'm just going to preach. I'll preach to myself and nobody else. You know what I mean? So I'm always encouraged. Okay. You know what I want to say is the older boys. And we've been doing this for maybe six years or so. Seven, six, at least six years. The older boys are now going to be going into our new uh, school, ministry school, that we're starting at the House of Hope um, premises under Moses' leadership as well as our leadership. We're starting a ministry school called Pillar of Fire Ministry School for church planters. And some of the older House of Hope boys are going into that school to be pastors. So what we're doing is powerful. Okay. Now, there's a two-parter here because Pastor Moses, he's also a presbyter over the region, and he has multiple pastors underneath him. And we partner with him in nurturing those pastors. And we're going to show you um, a video in a second uh, about the churches. Remember, the churches that we planted and dedicated. And so why don't we go ahead and get that video. Go ahead and play video four and five. Hi, please, the God. This is Pastor Moses Rao. And this is Pastor Sarah Rao. We both greet all of you in Crossroad Christian Center in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, our church ministry is found in different districts and villages of Madhya Pradesh and Chhattisgarh. We are truly thankful to our God because through our ministry, many people are being blessed and they are accepting Jesus Christ as their personal savior and uh, shifting their lives from death to eternal life. We are thankful for your prayers. We are thankful for everything that you are doing for us. Especially uh, last three years were very blissful for our church ministry uh, because in different seven different places, uh, seven churches were built by the help of Crossroad Christian Center, and through your prayers and financial help, we were able to build all these churches. As you can see in the video, uh, all these seven churches were built because of your help. So we want you to keep us in your prayer and be truly from the bottom of our heart. We thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mama, Papa, Crossroad Christian Center. Because of you, our ministry is uh, increasing day by day. Uh, please remember us in your prayers because in Madhya Pradesh and different states of India, uh, persecutions are going on. We need your prayers. We need your help. Thank you so much. Janice. Go ahead and run the second
I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on. It's happening. It's happening. Don't you let the enemy say it's not happening. It's happening. And Pastor David wanted me to remind you that where Pastor Moses and Sarah are, it's illegal to proselytize. That means that you cannot tell people about Christ or try to encourage them to become Christians. So it's illegal. And some of our pastors, they undergo great persecution to do what you're seeing them do at baptizing people and bringing them into the kingdom of God. So we will continue to partner. Actually, it gives me chills because what Jesus sees and it's glorifying to him. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on, Crossroads. It's happening. The next thing I want to talk to you about is Jan Pragati and the Mackay House. And these are our partners. This is our first picture way back when they were meeting in a kind of a shack um, before uh, the facility that we have helped them purchase. But Jan Pragati and the Mackay House, uh, Jan Pragati is an overarching ministry and they do many things, not just the home of the Mackay House where we rescue babies and help uh, women who are, have been abandoned or are, are single uh, moms that are pregnant. Um, so Jan Pragati does slum ministries, have many children uh, that they go and they care for, and they have teachers that go into uh, the slums of Lucknow. They also do empowerment for women, and they do uh, job training for high-risk women so that they don't end up going into the brothels or being trafficked, so they teach them skills. Um, they also go into schools and teach them about abuse and how to detect uh, sexual abuse. They do a lot of things. So this ministry is way broader than, you know, just uh, the Mackay House. But God had asked us to partner. We partner with them in everything, but specifically to get behind them in the purchase of the Mackay House, which is the house for unwed mothers. And you, ha you gave your two fish and five loaves so that that multiplication can happen. You were part of the miracle. If somebody, if, if somebody comes up to me and says, I haven't seen a miracle in a long time, it's going to really frustrate me because I've been telling you, we've got all kinds of miracles going on. Open your eyes, right? So here, show uh, the Mackay House. Um, yeah, the Mackay House video. Thank you so much, Crossroads Christian Center, for your prayer and your financial support to the Gen Pregnancy Ministries. You have been a wonderful support to us for the past many years, and we want to say thank you on this beautiful day. Hi, Church. Thank you so much for standing beside us. So this is Meki's home, and this dream has come true because of you all. Thank you for standing beside us, and thank you for your support. Thank you for being with us through your prayers, and. Um, Yes, thank you for everything. Chenpragati ministry had been blessed because of you. In the slums, there were a lot of changes, there were a lot of things happening for the past uh, more than a year now. But in the midst of it all, God was so faithful to us and helped us immensely because of prayers. The children are now developing, they are started studying once again. It's all because of prayers. And even the staff, each one of them were being blessed and they are continuing to becoming a blessing to many people, to many children, to many people in the slums. Just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amen.
Okay, does that touch your heart? Whew. 13 babies have been saved because of the Mackay House in the last year since we purchased this home. 13 babies, plus all of the children that are being affected through this ministry that do have, you know, parents or whatever, but they're at very high-risk children. And the Lord loves those children. See, Jesus said, or Scripture says, that true religion, if you want to call it, as James says, is taking care of the widows and the orphans. And the fact is this, the Lord has called us to do that, to care. These are precious people in his sight, and they're precious in our sight. You know, I tell Moses about the boys, the House of Hope boys, I say, those are princes of God. Teach, pr take care of them like they're the princes of God. You take care of them like they're precious. They're not castaways. They're no longer orphans. They're the princes of God. That's what these children are, and I, and God is you know, we may be small, but God, we may, but we have the David against Goliath anointing. Do you understand what I'm saying? We may only have a sling and some five stones, but we're going to, we're going to surely swing and throw those stones to bring down the Goliaths. So um, one thing, I, they pronounce the Mackay house as Mickey. And the reason why they do that is because in the uh, English transliteration from Hindi, it is, that's how it sounds. It sounds like Mickey. So I go, Mickey's popular in the U.S. too, Mickey Mouse, whatever you want to say. We know it's God's house. Okay, so we also go into Nepal. The Lord has uh, enlarged our territory into Nepal, and we have um, partners, Prakesh and Naina Sharma, who are church planters, and their church is called Good News Church, and we did two things for them. We built a church for them. And a facility, and then we also built a home for them. And there's a testimony of the reason why that home was built. The Lord laid upon my heart the reason why we should build that house. Nana was the, the woman that had died. She had died. This happened about three plus years ago. She had died and she was gone, and the Lord resurrected her. And while she was down and out, Jesus came to her and called her to go and minister to the women of Nepal. So when, you know, she told me that testimony, the Lord laid upon my heart at the seed of it at that time that there was going to be a ministry through her life. Later, I found out that, you know, we had visited them even, that they lived in a very, uh, very, very, very humble place, a rental, um, which was okay to live in a rental. There's not a problem with that. But the truth is that it was very um, unstable rental meaning that they, were, they could be asked at a moment's notice to leave. And we, I just felt like, you know what? The Lord wanted them to be rooted and grounded in this area. So the Lord laid upon my heart to build them a home. I found out from Prakesh the testimony. He's going to tell his testimony. And if you don't understand it, I'll, I'll uh, repeat it. But that he, his uh, father had uh, been a, a, an alcoholic and gambled away uh, all of the wealth and he was brought up uh, all the property and everything that his family had had was uh, taken away as a result of all of that and he was left with nothing his mother was left with nothing and through this home that we built them God restored the very thing that the enemy stole Amen. come on come on Jesus so um, show video seven and eight Hello, Jamasiki. I'm Prakash Sharma from Nepal and Nepal. I take this opportunity uh, to thank Crossroads family 
for helping us to build this beautiful building uh, where we are standing right now. When I was uh, 10 years of age, I lost everything in life. I lost the identity, I lost the aim, and I lost the, my studies, and I lost some of my family members and home. But I thank God, who became my father, and gave me the identity in Christ, gave me aim in life, and gave me wonderful family, and now a beautiful home. God is faithful. Now, I want to thank all the helping hands for your precious contribution towards this building. Thank you so much. On July 31st, we moved to this new building. We are so happy and comfortable inside this new house. I also want to thank Mama Lin for helping in our children's education. My daughter Gungun is studying in class 3 and my son Samuel is studying in class LKZ. I thank God for their education. Once again, thank you Crossroad family for all your prayers and your support. Thank you so much. God bless you. We love you. Bye. Hello, Jai Masiki. Uh, I am Prakash Sharma from Nepal and Nepal. Uh, I am making this video uh, to thank the Crossroads family, uh, all those who have contributed uh, towards the church building where I am standing right now. This building is actually a miracle and answers to our prayer. 2018, 19 and 20, almost three years, we prayed for the church building and finally God provided. For the past three years, we used to gather in a small place but now we are comfortable while worshipping God in this new building because this church building is four times larger than the previous one. I thank God for his faithfulness and mercy and I want to thank the Crossroads family for your precious prayers and financial support to build this church in Nepal and Nepal. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank uh, Dr. David and Dr. Lee Willis, whom I call uh, Papa and Mama, for providing me uh, ministerial credentials through Crossroads. Thank you, Papa, and thank you, Mama. Finally, once again, I want to thank the Crossroads family for helping us to build this church here in Nepal. Thank you so much. God bless you. And we love you. Bye. Amen. Amen. Another church, Nepal. We've gone into Nepal. One thing that you may notice is that we are helping with the education of pastors' children. Why do you think I'm doing that? I was a pastor's kid. And one thing that's really important is that the enemy wants to come against who? The pastor's kids, right? And I say they're going to have the best that God has to offer them, right? Because ministry doesn't have to be miserable. Ministry and miserable are not equivalent. 
Come on, Jesus. You know that. That's true. And so the fact is this. The enemy wants to tell children that ministry is miserable. What their parents are called to do is going to make them miserable. And so we're going to bless those children, right? We're going to get in front of the enemy. We're going to be proactive for that. Finally, our last uh, apostolic partner is Pastor Karen Paul. And she's in central Nepal. And she has video 9 and 10. Thanks. Jai everyone. I'm Kiran Pal from Nepal and I'm doing ministry in Far West Nepal. God called me to serve my village and uh, we are the first family in our village serving God and uh, uh, it's a very difficult year but God given us this opportunity to serve Him. I'm working among untouchable and tribal group and uh, as well as I have a four, seven kids orphans and uh, uh, thank you for supporting us um, uh, Crossroad uh, Church and uh, all members thank you for praying and standing with me and my church and uh, we before we are having church in a small hut made by Udon and it's a very difficult to having fellowship there now this year um, through your help we are able to build church and we can gather the year um, 100 to 200 believers um, uh, by sitting ground and uh, now we are uh, in the beginning only my family were christian we are having fellowship together but now we are uh, 55 to 16 new believers and uh, again we are preparing for a baptism uh, baptism program and uh, i hope uh, i'm i believe that you are kind of because of your prayers because of your uh, support our church ministry and our orphanage home is uh, growing in spiritually and physically and uh, this time uh, as pandemic here a very difficult situation we cannot go outside we cannot uh, visit so but um, very difficult but still uh, god is working in our place and please give uh, us and it's a very difficult there because we are only one family but god is using and god is uh, working there and uh, in my village only one church our church is only one church and the year and uh, please pray for my place and slums and uh, let god um, save many many people in my place thank you so much david sir and lin Mem and crossroad family we love you we pray for you thank you so much for helping us, for giving food and supporting us. Thank you very much. We love you. We love you. <laughs> I, call, I call Karen the uh, Nepalese Pastor Lynn. She is a fireball. Uh, last time we were with her, uh, Pastor Lynn was sitting on the back of a motorcycle and Karen was driving like this, talking to her. <laughs> and... Uh, she actually got out there and built, helped build the church while she had COVID. She was actually out there uh, throwing Portland cement and mixing it and laying it, laying the mud for the brickwork. Uh, they, they do a great ministry. They do a great work there. We actually just, uh, she's getting married 
the picture with her uh, fiance. Uh, they're going to be getting married this year in January, I believe. And we actually sent over a, she wanted a Western wedding dress. So our daughter-in-law, Kelly, and her are about the same size, and we sent it over, and she's all tickled pink, and she's going to look like a beautiful bride. So uh, that's our global partners. But one of the things that we want to do is share that with you because you don't see that all the time, you know, and sometimes we forget what we do. And if you're you're not aware of it, you can't see the miracles God has done. You don't realize this, and, 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 and some of us... You know, I talk to a lot of pastors all over the world, and a lot of missionaries, a lot of partners, they've just cut off complete support. You know, even in our denomination, I I got an email saying that there were so many churches just stopped giving to foreign missions during COVID. And we didn't. We actually, we sent thousands and thousands of dollars of humanitarian aid so they could buy rice and dal. And Kieran packed up stuff and went out into the villages and took bags of rice and oil and, and flour and, and, and food. That's what we're doing as a church. Aren't you glad? That's what God's called us to do. And, and so we're excited about that. We're going to show a few videos now of, of uh, people from this house that testimonies of what God has done in their life. And, and I believe this, that did you, did you all get one of these when you walked in? Did you not? If you didn't, raise your hand, and I'll, I'll pass them out while this video is going on. But we believe that one person's testimony is another person's prophecy. And by that, we mean that some of you are going through some of the same situations you're going to hear people sharing that God brought them through. And what we want to do at the end of service is Pastor Lynn's going to come up and pray, but we're going, to, we're going to lay something down on the altar and leave it here. I'm going to ask you to come up and just lay it on the altar, and we're going to take these, and we're going to then send these out to our prayer teams and have them pray over them, and we'll pray over them with you and believe with you. Sometimes you just need a little help from a friend, right? And, and what the Lord wants you to do is to let you know that you're not alone in this. Just like our partners are not alone in this, you're not alone in this. And as they're writing down, if you have a, a similar need or something completely different, and you want us to join with you in prayer, just write it down on this, and at the end, Pastor Lynn's going to come up, and you'll be able to leave these on the altar. So if you need one, just raise your hand, and I'll pass them out to you. You want to start that video? So this is partially my testimony, my father's testimony. When he was incarcerated, he found the Lord through a chaplain named Chaplain Lee. I always remember that name. And he brought this Bible out of jail and brought it to me when I was 12 years old. And uh, he forever changed the course of his life and mine by finding the Lord while he was incarcerated. And he and I, many hard times together, being homeless, and um, we always talked to God throughout the day. and made our day better even at night freezing we'd wake up and talk to each other and be able to laugh and talk about the Lord and he definitely brought us through our hardship and uh, so this is for my dad and uh, I hope one day I get to bring him here and have him give his testimony as well thank you I want to give God the glory Um, he's done a lot for for me Um, in the past nine years really I mean He's healed me through a lot of my um, tumors that I've had in my body. Thank God that they were all benign. Um, I think I've had like four surgeries. Um, He's also has um, healed me financially. I've had a struggle. Just he's been there for me, even with my children. Um, He's brought them closer to God. When my children didn't want to come to church, uh, now they're praising God on the altar 
worshiping, you know, every day. It's It's been a, such a blessing to see my family getting closer and closer to God, and uh, we just keep praising Him. Just recently, He's healed me. I've had uh, I've had plantar fasciitis, and I've had several fam family and friends that just keep praying for me, and they pray over me, and I just don't give up. I keep praising Him and uh, worshiping Him, and I haven't had any pain in my left foot for probably a good two months now. It's just, it's remarkable. You know, I, I believe that he is healing me and my family. And and then just lately we had COVID and he uh, healed us fast. Within like two weeks, we were, we were back to normal and we just keep praising God uh, for all the healing that he has done for us and our family. Well, the other day I was at work and I was, filling in for someone else's shift. It's been a little difficult at work lately. I work with four-year-olds and um, a teacher is, a teacher has broken her foot. So I was filling in for her shift and I helped a little one that was, uh, I believe he's three years old. And he was in the restroom and he looks up at me and he says, thank you. I knew I could count on you. And to me, it was like Jesus speaking through that little child. Because here I was doing a job that I'm not too used to doing with him. Um, but and, and just feeling very, um, you know, just doing a lot. But to me, God in that moment spoke through that child to me. And it just brought me a big smile and it gave me peace. Thank you, Jesus. About a month ago, I was... Uh, looking for a church and I was uh, I still go to church at the Catholic Church and it's still a great part of my life but I just needed something more and more in the spirit more charismatic um, and so I went on the internet and I was looking for a place to find here in Morgan Hill and Pastor Lynn I was listening to one of her messages and at the very end of her message she said if you're in a traditional church and you've been hurt and wounded or disillusioned come and we'd like to pray for you and things like that or something of that sort and so I said oh that's good enough for me I'm gonna go to that church I came the next day and uh, you know it just it really affected me a great deal and However, I love the Catholic Church. I love the sacraments. I love all those things. It's just the leadership that I just, just very distraught about. And so that brought me here to Crossroads and I just felt really blessed. And then yesterday, actually, uh, I said, gosh, you know, it'd be really good to hear people's testimonies. And then Pastor Lynn gets up there and says, today we want to hear people's testimonies. And I said, wow, that is just strange and weird. So two things that happened to me is that the traditional church had been heard come and then to hear about the testimonies uh, to, to give them. And I just feel, you know, really inspired that God has really led me here. And that's my testimony. So I want to tell um, a story about my oldest daughter. When she left high school, um, she was definitely not living for the Lord. My husband and I prayed about it often and a lot. I constantly called Pastor Lynn and, and asked for her counsel. One year, my husband and I came to um, one of the Holy Spirit conferences in January, and we went to the prophetic appointment. The Lord said that we shouldn't worry about her and that we had given her to him. 
and that um, that he had her covered with, with, with his wings and gloves. About that time, I was sitting in the stands at Camp Pendleton um, watching a graduation, and I had this profound experience where I was almost out of my body, and I felt myself at another graduation watching my daughter graduating. For those of you who don't know, Camp Pendleton is in San Diego. And the Lord said, now I want you to fast for a week and pray for her. At this point, it did not look like this girl was going to go to school. Definitely not in a place where that was anything that we could imagine in her future. Fast forward several years, she moved to San Diego. That's where she chose to live. I didn't tell her any of this. She's attending San Diego State. She begins getting involved in church. She begins to live her life for Christ. Uh, she meets a really nice young man and a man of God, the man that we had been praying for. They got married last month and um, she's graduating from college in December. When I asked her if I could share her story, she said, you can share anything you want, of course. I have no shame because Jesus wiped this this slate clean. If you've been praying for your children, don't stop. Hold on to God's promises. I would love to share how I came to Crossroads. There was so much God working behind the scenes and all of that. I was very planted in another church for 14 years. I was the founding director of a special needs ministry called Through the Roof there. I also worked at the church. But um, I've been here at Crossroads for two and a half years, and a couple of years prior to that, my heart started changing, and I, I was telling my ministry leaders, you know, I'm kind of getting burned out, I'm kind of getting burned out. I was just getting tired and tired, and um, I started taking some time off, and a few months down the road, one morning, I looked at my husband, and I said, you know, I just got to share with you, I really feel that God wants us to move somewhere, wants us to go somewhere else. And he goes, I have had that exact same feeling. So we started praying about it, and and Rick took some time off to go check out a couple of churches here in Morgan Hill. And this church, for some reason, kept coming to my mind and kept coming to my mind. And I took a Sunday off, and I came to church here on that Sunday. And boy, during that time, man, the Holy Spirit was moving and was speaking. And yes, this is where I want you to be. You need to tell your husband to come, and, and this is where I want you to be. And I, so I came back after after church and I told Rick, I said, oh my gosh, this is what was happening at church today. He says, okay, I'll go check it out. So a couple weeks later, he came and also felt the exact same thing, felt the Spirit just moving him. Yes, this is where we need to be. So I, we ended up giving notice and closing the ministry that I was running and left the church and came here. And a few months later, Pastor David came up to me and said, hey, there might be a position opened up um, here at the church, would you be interested in? And I always, I said, well, is it full-time with benefits? And he goes, yes, it is. And I went, then I would be interested. And here, about a year later, here I'm working, I've been here now for a little more than, a, about almost a year and a half working at the church. Love what I do, and I'm very thankful. Amen, 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 amen. The testimony, I guess, one in COVID is like, <laughs> So for the record, I hate COVID, everything about it, like being at home, like having to wear masks, not being able to see people. But I do have to like acknowledge that it played like a really important role as far as like my involvement in church and like 
just my love for like being around the people here and like because I feel like before COVID church was sort of something I was like forced to do and like I felt like it wasn't really like my choice and like I always hear like oh you have to like you you no one's like forcing you to be here and like you decide whether you really want to be a Christian but like I felt like I never really like, got the choice to like decide for myself so I feel like COVID was something that I like needed not something I wanted but like it was it was definitely important for me because it let me step back and I feel like everyone was telling me like oh don't go to church like they're almost telling me like it was bad to go to church like I, I always loved church like I had no problem with it but just the part that I felt like I wasn't choosing for myself was like the biggest thing for me and definitely like COVID gave me like an opportunity to like you know piece together all like the different things and like really think about what I wanted to do and obviously I chose to like really get into it and that's when I found that like I really enjoy it I just like to do it my way and I don't know if that's the right way but it encouraged me to like do other things my way like instead of reading the Bible which is like something that I have a hard time with just reading in general I can listen to it on like the radio when I'm like driving or just when I'm like put my headphones in at school or like talking to my friends about it I'm not I used to think like oh you have to like preach to them or like well I didn't really know that but like you have to like be like a certain way around friends but I sort of just invited them to church and then showed them the fun it was because that's what I'm really good at is just showing them what they're missing out on and that it's more than just you know oh God did this God did that it's just like it's a fellowship and like a community and that's what I wanted people to know about and yeah that's that's something that is a, a big change in my life when we um, did our Daniel fast for the month of January I was so hungry it's like I've been a Christian all my life lived a good life God in my life in my marriage teaching my kids about the Lord but it just seemed like there was something missing I was Lord I know there's more there was um tragedy in my life and well right after that fast it was different I was searching and reading the word more desperately seeking the Lord and seeking his advice and his touching my life and things started happening it was like I was in the heavenly realm and there was healings being done I started taking authority and I started knowing who I was in Christ um, if my foot hurt I would curse it and rebuke it and say, no, by his stripes I am healed. It would be gone. I broke my tailbone. I was bedridden for two years um, in 97. I, re I prayed over that. That pain, I am no longer living in that pain. His word is true and it's come over into our marriage. I have a wonderful husband. Just this year, it's like he's more sensitive to me. The other day we were working in the garden and one of our oldie songs came out that reminded of us of one another. And I wanted to dance. So usually I have to go drag grab him and force him to dance. This time he was walking right towards me and we danced together in the garden. God has not only lifted up our spiritual life and given us more 
it's us because we seeked him. We seeked him to the point of where we're receiving his spiritual blessings. And he has blessed our marriage, giving me the perfect man that I've always wanted. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power and your glory and your honor and everything you do. My husband's second cousin was walking on the street at night and he got hit by a car. He had major brain damage. The doctor said that it was likely that he would end up being a vegetable. My husband and I went to the hospital and we prayed over him and his family. And then, um, gosh, we didn't see him for maybe eight months or so. And the Lord healed him. He was talking. He was able to live a regular life. Um, he was in a situation where he was involved with a woman that wasn't very good before the accident and then his mom kind of you know came in by his side and she cared for him and I believe the Lord healed his brain so that he could function and he's well now not like he's out on his own per se but he he's doing well and he's living life one day Jesus uh, I was going through a rough time and uh, I went and sit back in the corner, one corner, and just you know, laying down all sad and everything. Uh, Jesus sent a message to my brother-in-law. He said, Gabriel, get up. I heard the boy, the boy was Jesus. When you he to come and tell, this with the authority. And I went to him and thought, forgive me for this sin. I need help. So I told him, come. It's hard to understand her way of thinking. Don't think like the world. And uh, and I want you to show everybody the power of Jesus. You know, carrying our cross and falling like Jesus. It's an example how he was carrying our sins. And keep going, no matter what Jesus went through, he made it. He won. We are the winner. The victory is for Jesus. How can you receive the blessings without hurting? He's the example for us. So we have to lift our cross and go forward. Just keep it going, just like Jesus. At the end, Jesus, what he received, he said in the sight of the Father, that's for us. So this here is my little mango. This is a stray kitty that uh, I, uh, was in my yard one day when I came home and she was scared and hungry and really skinny. So I started feeding her and um, then uh, all of a sudden when I did, didn't see her and I was really worried and I, I, I prayed, I said, God, is this little kitty's hurt? I pray that she comes back so I can help her. And I came home the next day from work and there she was in my yard. She couldn't even walk. So I uh, scooped her up, took her to the vet. They did a bunch of tests, sent me home with some antibiotics. They said that we think it's this and she got a lot worse. I ended up that next Monday staying home from work because I thought I was going to have to put her down. And uh, so I took her in and she's laying there on the table and she's already got the IV in for the euthanasia and the, the vet walked out. So I just started praying. I was petting her and she was purring and and I started praying. I was like, I don't know what to do. This cat's not in pain. She's purring. You know, I, I don't know if it's the right thing to do to put her down. I don't know what to do. Please, I just pray for wisdom. And uh, 
right after I prayed that, this little cat reached up and put her forehead, or put her paw, like, right in the middle of my forehead. It's like she was telling me that she wasn't done yet, and, uh, I heard something, some, like, I don't know if it was a voice, it's hard to explain, but something just told me that she's gonna be okay. And I heard that twice. So, I scooped her up, and we went to the specialist, and, uh, Four days later, I got this little purring kitty cat. I mean, she was to the point where she couldn't even stand up, and now she's climbing a cat tree and making my other kitty mad and stealing Cassie's dog bed. So I just, it's its a miracle. It really is. I just, I thank God, and I just thank everybody for praying. I feel like sometimes I annoy people when I ask for prayers for my animals, but these guys are just my whole world sometimes, and I just... I just want to share that with you guys. Thank you. I have a son. He's 21 years old. He's been struggling with addiction of marijuana over the period of many, many years. I've been praying that God free him from the bondage of the addiction because of um, he went through a lot of things and he lost all his friends. We have a lot of issues in family between him and I, and um, he's been having this thoughts of taking his life away. A few weeks, I came in to the service and I hear Pastor Lee talking about the chains coming down. And I proclaim with my heart that God will let those chains come out of my son. Thank God, praise the Lord, Thank you, Jesus, for the past month, my son has been free of the marijuana. He's been dealing with the side effects of withdrawing, but he hasn't been smoking at all. He's been craving it, but I, he says, Mom, I want to be good. I want to change. So he's going out for walks to the park so he can, you know, get his mind out of it. And thank God, praise God, no more marijuana at home, no more marijuana for him. I just wanna let it go. I just wanna say that aloud because I know it's not me. I know it was God because he loves him so much. And I'm pretty sure he wants something good for him and his life as well. First and foremost, I woke up this morning today on Sunday the 28th, and my son, who never wants to come to church, just decided to come to church. I know that God is working in him. I know that God's going to do something wonderful in his life. So baby steps, but here we are today. So I'm very thankful to God for that because I didn't, ha I didn't, I didn't ask him to come this time. I just woke up and I do my thing. Like God says, let our light shine and let people see that. So I'm very thankful that he came today. I know that the word is going to penetrate his heart as well as his mind. I also want to give thanks to God because for a couple of years I struggled at my job with a certain person and it was a struggle. I mean, God really, really showed me a lot of things. I prayed every day going into work and I struggled still with that person. But I felt like God said, keep praising me in the storm, which I did. I came home, I had my family support, Pastor Lynn's support and pray God just to either take me out of the job 
take her out of the job, change her heart, whatever we needed to do. But I didn't hate her. I didn't dislike her. I just prayed for her. And I still continue to struggle. And I would ask God, why or how long do I have to go through to this? And after two years, he did. I found a better job. I am so grateful and thankful. Um, you know, the peace. And not only that, though, he... He turned it around to where she apologized to me, which I wasn't asking for it. She acknowledged what she did, and she apologized to me and almost begging me to stay with that job. But unfortunately, you know, I found something better, so God brought me out of it, but still remain um, friends with her in a sense. Um, and I continue to pray for her and the, the spirit that has that hold on her to be the way that she is. But I, I really do give uh, glory to God for giving me another job, more peaceful. And, you know, no job is ever going to be perfect, but I, I thank him for that. And it was a long struggle, like it says in his word, you know, if you just praise him in the storm, he'll get you out of it on his time, not our time. I really made a decision in my life where I was going to be like, no, I'm only going to accept the man that the Lord has that I'm going to accept into my life to be married to. Honestly, it, it took a long time. There was a lot of work I had to be done that the Lord had to work on me. And right before I was about to meet my husband, you know, when something good is going to come along, sometimes the enemy brings a temptation into your life. An old Romeo had come back into my life. He had contacted me, and God was good in the midst of that. He really protected me, and things didn't work out, which, thank God, they didn't, <laughs> because I would have never met my husband. My husband, who is my husband now, he had come to the church, the church I was actually attending, and what's funny is that Sunday I wasn't playing on the worship team. I had noticed my husband when he came in the church. When you're single, you're always like wondering who, who your husband's going to be, right? I had asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, who's going to be my husband? And he showed me the vision of Peter. And I'm like, oh, come on, I, that's just me. Because I had noticed him. As soon as I met my husband, I knew immediately he was from the Lord. There was such a peace about our relationship. And, and my husband knew immediately. We were engaged and married <laughs> like within six months. My husband and I, we're kind of like best friends. Getting the opportunity to play with him, him being a guitar player, I'm a bass player, that's really been a, a, a blessing and a gift. Wait for the one the Lord has for you. Do what the Lord asks you to do before you know marriage. When you're married, you get to connect and you become one. I just encourage that in your life. And uh, well, we're going on 10 years this year, so yay! <laughs> Hello Crossroads, I am Marina, mother of four, married to Brian Bristol. Today I want to share about the drop that overflowed the devil's cup. Because that cup was full of broken hearts after we lost our son Carlos. This brought so much pain to, to all my family and each of them had their own separate struggles, including, including my divorce to my first husband, which added to the cup getting fuller and fuller. But the last drop to the cup was seeing my youngest son Edwin struggle for his life. This affected the whole family and we were all feeling his pain. In my desperation, I was seeking for help and healing for my son and then my husband found crossroads. But first God brought 
salvation to my older son, my daughter, and my daughter-in-law. I believe he did this so we could battle together. With my son's permission to share, he recently told me something I had not known about. His healing started when he met Pastor David and Lynn during their meeting. He told me he disrespected them, but their response was to pray for him. He remembered them laying hands on him and praying for him. He remembered feeling something in that moment that he couldn't explain. But I know it was God's love for him and God putting his healing hands on him. That was the beginning to the end of his struggle. The devil's plan was to take one more son away from our family, but God's plan was to bring our family together like never before and show us one more time how miracles happen. When we seek the Lord together, He will crown us with victory. Um, I can remember at the beginning when I came here, I was pretty broken. I came at a time where I was really down. I, I had no driver's license. My, my job where I worked at got sold. Didn't know what I was going to do. And going through all the trouble of, of Everything that happened, I was able to start my own business, uh, been able to be successful, been able to hire people, been able to grow and expand, been able to be part of, of, of building churches in different areas, been, a, been able to be a part of spiritual growth. I actually got to experience the truth and the promise about being empowered in the supernatural, being empowered in my spirit. It's been truly the power of Jesus in my life that set me free and allowed me to to keep on growing and understand. Uh, I'm not saying my life had been without trouble because trouble was always there, but I praise God for being there with me, for holding my hand, for carrying me, for not abandoning me, for being there with me, for teaching me, for loving me, for understanding me, for loving my family, for protection, for growth. I haven't stopped seeing the growth in my family. There was a moment where None of this was supposed to happen. Everything was supposed to be gone and destroyed. And God said, no, I'm not done with you. You know, he has a tendency of picking all the people that everybody underestimates, the underdogs, the ones that can't be restored, the ones that nobody wants. But he, he said yes to me. He said yes to my family and everyone that I love. So I just pray that you come as you are and that you allow God to do his thing with you, that you trust him because he's the only one that truly loves you and understands everything you have done, everything you will do, and everything that's set for you in the future. He, ha he has it all for you. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to stand. I know. You know what? We got so many testimonies going on. Let's stand. Whoo. You receiving from that? Come on. Receiving from that? This is what the Lord's doing here with us. See, powerful things are happening with us. God has done things through us. God is doing things in us. God's doing things locally. God's doing things globally. God is at work. He is the now God. Amen. And we, and you know what? He's not done. He's not done. 
So right now what we're going to do is we're going to just have, I'm just going to pray over you. If you have one of those uh, sheets while they were t- giving their testimonies about what God has done, you heard about prodigal sons and daughters returning. You heard about healing. You heard about deliverance and freedom. And there is more. There's more testimony that we couldn't play due to time. You've heard about restoration. You've heard about prosperity and business. You've heard about provision of jobs. You've heard heard about all of that. That's testimony. God is real. He is the now God. So what we're going to do is pray and the worship team will start singing a song. And as they begin to sing that song, I want you just to come and just put your prayer request down. God is not done. He is real. Too good to not believe. He is active. Lord, right now, Lift up your prayer request to him right now. He wants it. You know what? He wants us to be the persistent widow. Just like uh, many were talking about in this, uh, in their videos, we're persisting in prayer. We're going to persist. We're not going to give up. We're going to be like the persistent widow that we're going to cause the, the physical realm of authority to have to bend to us. See, the persistent widow, the judge that she was under, According to Jesus' parable, he says that this judge was, did not fear God or man. In other words, this judge had no fear of God or man. And yet this widow was so persistent that according to the scripture, it says they started to fear her. <laughs> he did not fear God or man, but now she was so persistent, it says that he feared she would make him miserable. He, in some translations say, he he feared that she would come and attack him. (laughs) And that's what Jesus said. Now listen to what this judge says. In other words, you have spiritual authority over the physical realm. You, children of God, have spiritual authority over the physical realm. And when you persist, that authority increases. So as your prayer request, as you bring them down, You're persisting and say, you know what? We're not going to give up on this. We're not going to give up on this child. I'm not going to give up on this health issue. I'm not going to give up on this, uh, the person in my life that has this addiction. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to persist in this because I know God will bring victory. Come on, bring them down. Bring them down. If you have something, if you know people that aren't saved, put their name down. Say, I'm going to persist in this. If you need a provision and blessing on your job, persist in it. Say, Lord, I know that you want me to be a blessed person so that I give to your kingdom. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Good to not believe. Lord, we believe your word. We believe what you say. We don't believe what the enemy says. We believe what you say. Come on, let's worship. Come on. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Come on. You can do it, Lord. Every last one of these prayer requests, you can do it. You are the God of the more. You are the God of the abundance. You are the God who is able. You are God that is more than enough. You are God that is Jehovah Jireh. You are God that is El Shaddai. You are the God that brings peace. You are the God that brings healing. You are the God that brings freedom. 
You came to set the captives free, Lord. You are real. You are abundant. You are abundant. You are abundant. Yes, Lord, we believe. We believe, Lord. All right, we're going to just uh, agree right now. We're just going to agree, Lord, as these requests have been placed on your altar. Lord, we believe. We don't, we're, this does, is not doubt. This is belief. Lord, we believe what you say. We believe we stand on your word. Some situations that may be written on these papers may seem like they're impossible. But you said, all things are possible for those who believe. And so, Lord, in the midst of what the realm of the physical says impossible, we say is possible because of you. We believe. We believe and we launch this day, this day, September 12th, in greater measure of faith over this house in your name amen god bless you you're invited to come back to the taco time around 12 15. hopefully you enjoyed knowing more about what we do here god bless you Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe.